Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week for another edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am your host. Uh, today, I'm talking with Sherry Shabon, who I'm really excited about our conversation because not only is she a fellow fitness expert, um, she is also a podcast host. She um, has built her reputation and her identity in the fitness industry, but she also really works with with women in particular on helping them better, re- helping them improve their relationship with food. But she's also an osteopath, so she brings a lot of knowledge to the arena, but it's going to make for a really good conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get started, um, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the air. Um, Introduce yourself to my audience, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Sherry Chaban. I am from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. It's super cold today. And Uh I'm a health, fitness, and life coach that has over 25 years of experiencing experience really just helping people step into their athletic identity. And the way that I got into the health space was actually um, a little bit of a, an interesting story. When I was growing up, I was a competitive swimmer, similar to you, Allison, and that was my whole life. I was just always known as that athlete. And when I was 16, I was struck by a car and that ended up severely damaging my spine and really changed the course of my life at that point. I was told I wouldn't ever play sports again. And so I listened to this advice for many, many years, finding myself engaging in a lot of habits that my parents would never really approve of until my early 20s when I just woke up one day really not resonating with who I had become. And so it was at that moment that I had actually stepped foot into the gym for the very first time in that setting And I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew was that I had massive pain from that back surgery that I had. And I wanted to find a way to find more stability and just more mobility in my body. And so I copied people around me for months until I was eventually able to overcome my back pain. I was able to come off of my pain medication. And then at that time, I was actually doing my master's degree in chemistry of all things at McGill University. Yeah. And then I I ended up dropping out and going into exercise science because I wanted to learn everything about the human body. And that's really where my journey began is just learning that if I could overcome what was said to me as a diagnosis that I would just have to accept and live with for the rest of my life, if I was able to do that, then I wanted others as well to be able to feel that same sense of empowerment. And so That was the journey. I took every personal training course I possibly could. I eventually certified as an athletic therapist. I became an osteopath. And the journey still continues, Allison. It's never over. And now I, yeah, and I support women to overcome any unwanted eating behavior so that they can transform their health and their body effortlessly and with ease around the self-care habits that they engage in. I love that. I love that. So Let's start first with this whole idea of the athletic identity, because I know there's a lot of people in my audience, maybe who wouldn't necessarily call themselves athletes, but of course, identifying as an athlete, I don't think you have to be an athlete to identify as that. I think it's a mindset and I think it's, 
you know, a lot of daily practices. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you say that. And absolutely, it is a mindset. And most of us have this image of an athlete being somebody who's paid millions and millions of dollars to play professionally their sport and to be on TV. But uh, being an athlete is essentially a mindset and it's about the being instead of the doing. And so if we look at diet culture and the reason why most of us tend to exercise or even focus on our nutrition, generally we do that in exchange for a result in our physical body. So we exercise a certain way because we're not okay with how we look and we actually want to make a change around our physical body. And so the motive behind why we engage in the self-care practice has everything to do with really just wanting to transform the body. But if you actually look at the athletic mindset, an athlete doesn't show up for his or her training session because they're focused on releasing weight. Unless, of course, they need to focus on maybe achieving some sort of weight category for their sport. But right. essentially, they're really into the process. That's that's just who they are. They turn down social events because they have a training the next morning. It's not because they're worried about how many calories they're about to consume. And the same thing with nutrition. They choose nutrition because it fuels their body. It helps them recharge and heal after every heavy working set, a workout session. It helps them improve their sleep. And so the reason why they engage in all of these habits and behaviors is not because it is a means to release weight. And it's not because there's a negative sort of feeling or judgment around how they look, but instead it's really the process. And so once we start to understand that and we really start to focus on the system, which is, of course, all the habits that we're doing around our self-care that we enjoy, that we love, that are sustainable, the side effect of that ends up being that physical change in the body that we have been seeking for. Ah, I love that. I love that you talk about a system because I do think that a lot of people and I don't want to just say a lot of people. That sounds really like, you know, very, very generic, if you will. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I think we're conditioned as a society to look for the the magic bullet, right? The quick mm -hmm. fix, the one thing that's going to change things for me. One of the things that I hear a lot from people, not just people in my audience and my clients, but just in general conversations is, I've tried all the things. I've done all the things. I used to do that, but it doesn't work for me anymore. And I know myself and that ship has sailed and that whole kind of thing. Right. So I love that you're talking about, no, it's not just one thing. It's like, let's look at the whole picture. Let's look at like the system that you're using. Absolutely. Yeah. And and in general, when we look at diets, right, and and just aligning that with human psychology. So we have this thing where we are very goal-oriented. And the moment that we accomplish a goal in general, we stop working. So every spring when my taxes are due, I prepare everything for my accountant, I go ahead and I submit that, and then I never think about it again. And the same thing, of course, around, let's say, studying for an exam. You study super hard for an exam or a big project at work. The moment you're done, you stop working. And so when we look at diet in the same way or having a goal, let's say, to release 30 pounds, what happens is the, mo the moment that we achieve that goal, well, we stop working. And right. so when we're outcome oriented, we end up stopping that action or the behavior to move towards that goal the moment we achieve it. But instead, by establishing a system, you never have to think about the outcome because the system yeah. can also be flexible. It's adaptable. It's repeatable. And it's sustainable, most importantly. And then, of course, the side effect ends up being that goal that we've been trying to achieve this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about systems in general. 
if you we adopt the mindset of an athlete and we're looking at a system that we use to live on a day-to-day basis, what are some of the what are some of those pieces look like? Well, first and foremost, I I like to actually reverse engineer this. And so what I always say is let's start off first by determining what that avatar is, right? Who is that person? Who who is that highest version of yourself that you've always envisioned? And so what does that person do on a day-to-day basis? So let's start breaking down what they do from the moment they wake up to the moment that they fall asleep. And now, of course, if we're not really certain because maybe we've lived our life a certain way and we have absolutely no idea around what we can do or what that lifestyle would look like, then the next step would be to model someone. Who is it around you that you admire, that you notice that they do some of the things that you would like to try or they have the, the results or the outcomes that you also desire? And maybe go speak to them and ask them, well, what is it that you do throughout the day? How do you eat? How do you move? What is your morning routine like? Do you meditate? And really get a good sense of what you can write out almost as a list so that becomes habits that are actionable steps that you can actually start to incorporate into your day. And then the next step would be to apply the rule of addition first before subtraction. So after I've determined, all right, I'm going to be the person who wakes up in the morning and I'm going to drink maybe a liter of water. I'm going to go to the washroom. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go for a morning walk with my dogs. Maybe I'm going to have my first meal around noon and so on and so forth. What we can then start doing is adding in one habit at a time. Maybe before I start removing the sugar from my coffee or stop the evening snacking, maybe I can actually start to add more color to my meals. Maybe I could start to add more steps in my day. And as you continue to do that, it gives you such a positive feedback loop that it only encourages you to work on the next habit. And so that is habit stacking. The moment you master one habit, you introduce the next habit, and then you start to notice that the habits that no longer serve you just kind of start to fall off because it doesn't match that athletic identity anymore. The moment that you start to step into that person that you're wanting to be, you're noticing that your old habits just are no longer aligned with that person, and it starts to become a more natural way for you to start to release them instead of feeling that this is a restriction or it's a punishment for not liking the way that you look, but instead it becomes such an enjoyable, loving process that becomes sustainable for you. No, I like that. I like that a lot. I just, I want to circle back to, to one thing that you said, and that is, um, you know, what I hear when, you know, you, you probably see this a lot too in your work, but of course, when January rolls around and we're rolling into the holiday season now, And when January, the first of the year rolls around, everybody decides to quote unquote, get on track with a new program, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, is by the end of January, beginning of February, people start dropping off because it's almost too much change. So I find it really interesting that you're a proponent of the rule of addition and not subtraction, where let's add in the habits that can work. But I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that People have to find what works for them. But what do you say to that? With at, at, what, what about the person who adds too many new things in and then can't stick with it? Oh, so good, Allison. Yeah, that's, that's really focusing on consistency first before intensity. And to your point, you know, we're turning a, you know, the big 5-0 or the big, you know, 4-0. And all of a sudden now we want all these lifestyle, lifestyle changes. And then we do it practically overnight and it is too much too soon. And so we're always thinking that in order for us to actually get results or the outcome that we want, 
that it has to be intense. It has to be a lot. It has to be so much. And that's actually not true because what gives results is consistency. So even if you do a little bit over a long period of time consistently, you're going to get results. But if you try to be so intense or too extreme or too much, not allowing not just your body to adapt, but your emotions and your psychology to adapt to what it is that you're doing, it's only a matter of time where you're going to notice that you just can't keep it up. And so maybe start off first by walking for 10 minutes a day if you're currently not walking and then give yourself the opportunity to slowly ramp up until it's an hour a day. And the same thing exercise. I mean, I started the year off with a burnout. It was actually my very, very first burnout ever in my life. I didn't even see it coming. And so Uh when I started to train again, Allison, it looked like 10 squats, 10 push-ups, and 10 sit-ups. That was it. And I was so proud of myself. What worked for you, That's what worked for me, absolutely. And then I've given myself that opportunity, and now I've scaled back up to all the things that I generally do. But had I tried to just jump back into running and jump back into my lifting that I was doing, it would have been too much. My nervous system was not able to support that. And so if we start slow and we always ask ourselves, do I enjoy this? Is this extreme? Can I see myself doing this over time? And just get into the habit because the consistency really is about the habit. It's so much harder to go from the couch to walking five minutes than it is to go from walking five minutes to an hour. Yeah, no, and I love that. One of the things that I talk about a lot, and this is just this, I don't know even if this, if this is in, in complete relation, but I think it, I think it deserves some, some discussion is I think you can, I like the idea of being consistent. I think that's a, a big part, you know, of developing any new habit. But I think at some point we have to have the question, we have to have the conversation about is it effective or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think you need both. Mm-hmm. And I think I say this to the person, to your point, who, where you use the walking example, walking every day is wonderful. It's one of the best things you can do for your metabolism and the effects are, I mean, the research is well, will well support that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point it becomes an issue of, okay, it's not enough. Right. Mm-hmm. At some point, we, we have to think about is what we're doing actually being effective? And so when you were talking about consistency versus intensity, when do we actually introduce intensity? Oh, so good. Yeah. I think the question has to come down to what is it that I want? Like, why? If, for example, I, my goal is to deadlift 400 pounds, maybe I have to ask myself, like, why do I need to deadlift the bus? In what scenario do I need to do that? And it's interesting because if we really get deep into the why are we doing this, do we now realize that this is about us or is it about other people? Is it because this is expected of me or is it because this is what I truly desire? And that's very, that's a very, very different sort of stimulus. One is internal and the other one is external. And so if currently I am walking every single day and I walk for an hour, I love it. It's not only amazing exercise. It's great for my mind. It's great for my body. It heals me. It's low impact and all of these beautiful things that walking offers, the question would be, well, why would I want to up the intensity? Like, what is the ultimate outcome? And so if we can find the reason as to why, maybe we have a desire to all of a sudden run a marathon. So maybe that could start looking different. But I think, Allison, it has to come down to what is the point? What is the point of us doing that? And why would I need to increase the intensity? What is the outcome that I desire? And what's beautiful also about addressing this is oftentimes when we start our fitness or our wellness journey, we have a goal and then we achieve that goal. And then we're, we start to adapt and it starts to become sustainable. 
And then all of a sudden, all these new goals come to life. All of a sudden, we start to get interested in new things. And all of a sudden, maybe we think about joining a race or maybe we want to join a new sport or try something new. And so it leaves room and opportunity for flexibility and just openness to try new things and to be creative. Yeah. But I also think, too, at some point, to your point, I think we have to think not just about the outcome that it is that we want, but how can we, like, what's the next step? And maybe that's not really related to um, becoming more intense. Maybe it's just getting better results. Because I do think at some point, and you kind of hinted at this, is that to the person who's walking all the time, and, and the only reason I bring this up is that it seems to be like, it seems that this is a common thread in a lot of conversations I've been having with people. You know, walking is great for you, but it will only get you so far. Right. Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't stop doing it, um, especially right. if it's working. But I think at some point you have to look at what's going to, what at some point is going to get you better results. And maybe it isn't necessarily dialing in more intense. Maybe it's actually diversifying mm-hmm. and looking at adding something like strength training or core training or Pilates or yoga or something or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever else could you add to it, you right. know, to help get you better results. Right. Yeah. And, and that's also specificity, right? So it's understanding that every single modality gives you a particular outcome. So walking is maybe not going to help me really work on my core in the same way that Pilates will. And if I do yoga, well, that's going to help me build a mind and body connection, which will be very different than what CrossFit will do. And so if you, again, just to, to diversify and then also get more specific around what is it exactly that I want to achieve? then we can start to get a little bit more selective and more intentional around what we are using in terms of a modality to achieve that outcome. Yeah, I love that. And I also think, too, that, you know, and this is where the individual piece comes in, is Mm -hmm. that, you know, we have to think about, you know, what's going to work for us, you know, what's going to work for our lifestyle. Because, you know, for us, for have to have all of this become part of who we are, you know, it, it, it should work into our lifestyle. Our lifestyle shouldn't try to fit into it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, I think I've said flexibility a few times, and this is super, super important because in our athletic journey, and if ever you're following any of your favorite athletes, you notice that they get injured and then they have comebacks and then things yep. happen and then they have comebacks. And so our path to success or fitness or whatever it is that we want to achieve is not a straight line. There are ebbs and flows and there are dips. And so you have to be able to be adaptable. In the last couple of years, I've torn my calf muscle. I've injured my knee. There was a lot of things that I did that I, that really prevented me from doing some of the things that I love to do at the moment. But then it also forced me to get creative. And then I started to do other things. And so that's also just a big part of the journey that we oftentimes have a hard time accepting. And I think it's also one of the reasons why most of us fail or we stop working towards it because the moment a life event happens where suddenly there's someone that we love in the hospital and we need to be there more often and it takes away from our self-care time or we get injured or we get ill or there's a big, big life event at work, then all of a sudden we just get derailed because we have this idea that if I can't keep up that intensity, I'm not going to get to my results. But we well, have to be able I think to- you're exactly right. But I also think we have to remind ourselves that, you know, it's possible to have all of it. You know, yes. that it's kind of like what my coach always says. We, we want to always teach people to live in the and, so you know, good. it's not an either or an or, or it's not, well, if you're going to do it this way, then you can't have this over here. Well, 
pardon my French, but I call bullshit on that. I think <laughs> why shouldn't you think about a routine or whatever that works where you could have all of it because you yeah. can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm thinking about the the people out there listening who are for this, that so that this is really landing for them. I'm wondering what can you offer in terms of like actionable tips, your best pieces of advice? You know, I don't know if you've got like two or three golden nuggets that you can offer people to walk away with. What would that be? Oh, so good. The first and foremost is that it is never too late. No matter where you are in your age or your fitness journey, it is never too late. You can accomplish anything that you want the moment that you commit to yourself. And then that brings us to the second part, which is you are the product of the people that you spend the most time with. And so if you are surrounded by women, for example, who've gone through menopause or maybe have had kids and they say, wait and see, once you reach this age, your body's going to change. And then that becomes your proof. Well, you're going to start to believe that that is going to be your future and your reality. And I'm going to tell you, Allison, that I only follow people on Instagram who are older than me. They're they're like in their 60s and 70s with amazing fitness and transformation because that is who I want to model. And so choose who you spend the most time with wisely, because whether you want to or not, you end up absorbing their energy and their belief systems. Uh, Absolutely. 100% could not agree more. I feel like, you know, we, we do absorb the energy of the people that we're around a lot. And I think to some degree, the people, especially the people who've known us a long time, they have a certain story about us and they hold that story, Mm -hmm. right? And as we evolve and grow and change and, and evolve into, you know, the, the result of the process that we choose to adopt, it's going to mean that we adopt a different story. And when people have known us in a certain way for a long time, sometimes that doesn't always work for them. Yes, absolutely. And, and they don't want to be left behind, right? It's anything that anyone says to you is not about you. It's a reflection of what yes. they decide and who they believe that they are. Yeah. And it's all also about where they are in their life too. You know, right. when people will be often reactive, you know, about that. And, you know, we, we make the mistake of making it about us when it's really not about us. It's more about them. Right. So well yeah. said. Love that. Love that. Where can people connect with you? So the best way to connect with me, and I'd love to offer a free download for anybody who is looking to overcome any unwanted eating behavior, whether you're suffering from emotional eating or binge eating or nighttime snacking or any other self-sabotaging behavior that's standing in the way between you and your fitness and your goals, then I would invite you to download my workbook which is going to help you overcome that and regain control around food. And you can go to makepeacewithfood.com. Then you'll also be able to grab my calendar link inside that workbook as well if you're wanting to connect and learn a little bit more about how you can gain control of any self-sabotaging behavior. I love that. Make peace with food. So as in like the words, makepeacewithfood.com? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Awesome. And then where can people find you online? Like I'm assuming, you know, you mentioned Instagram. What is your Instagram handle? Yeah. So at Sherry Shaban Fitness on Instagram or on YouTube or on Facebook. And I've also um, have a place for you to connect with me there. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Allison. I loved it. Of course. Fantastic conversation. So Folks out there listening, please, if what we've talked about today is really resonating with you, um, you know, it's the, it's the start of the new year. 
It's the perfect time to be thinking about where you are in terms of not just your health and fitness goals, but the the goals of where you see yourself really in the next you know year, three years, five years. I'm a big proponent of that. And I feel like the habits that we really work on now is what is actually going to shape who we become mm-hmm. and how well we're able to really connect with the future that we want. So And you could might want to bookmark this episode because there were so many golden nuggets that you can like listen to at a later date. Um, And on that note, if this conversation has been really helpful for you or inspirational for you in any way, and you would like to uh, send it to somebody, um, if you'd like to share it with a friend or a colleague or whatever, just feel free to copy the link and do that. Or if you like, you can connect with me on my site, www.theallisonk.com. And we'll take care of it for you. Either I'll do it for you or someone on my team will do it for you. Um, Because this is how we start a movement. And this is how we help create change in the world is by, you know, sharing and being giving with other people. So again, back with me on my site, www.theallisonk.com. If you would like to learn more about Sherry and her work, you can find her link, uh, makepeacewithfood.com in the show notes. You can also find any of her social media handles if you would like to connect with her and learn more about her and her body of work. Um, Thank you so much for all of your support of me, of my show, of my message, continuing to help us spread the message of the journey of self-care. It is a journey because it's going to be different for everybody. And that's exactly what we talk about on this show every single week and why I'm grateful for all of you because you are the reason that we are here and why we will continue to show up every single week. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one. Mm-hmm.